Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. About 25 years ago, I used my computer strictly as a typewriter. I received so few emails at that time that I really only needed to check them about once a week. And all my studying and information was obtained by looking in books. Well, that certainly changed, as now I do everything on the computer or on my phone, and I take them wherever I go. We've been in this digital age now for a few decades, a time when everything is about information, instant communication, and globalism. With that comes misinformation, fraud, identity theft, and many other issues. So it's only natural that our government wants to use technology to protect us, or so they say. In so doing, however, they're also developing controls over our buying, our selling, finances, and lifestyle in general. Does that sound familiar? Yep, you'll see it in the Bible. All of this is leading us to digital IDs and digital currency, which may sound good and convenient, but it's a precursor for the mark of the beast, as outlined in Revelation 13. And trust me, it is just around the corner. I'm Debbie Blank. Today we're going to look at this digital planning that our government is initiating and how that will affect each one of us as we move forward in this digital age. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. Revelation 13 presented a faith challenge to previous generations trying to imagine the events and technology it described. Though God's Word said it, who could imagine a one-world government and leader controlling every single person in the world and all of their financial transactions with some kind of mystery mark on their hand or forehead? Unimaginable at the time, but true believers trusted that if God said it would happen, it would happen somehow, someday. And today, our generation doesn't have to imagine much anymore. We can see that the technology and the necessary economic and political factors are ready. So we don't need to imagine, but we do need faith and courage to face how close we truly are to the events of Revelation. Jackie, since you mentioned Revelation 13, 16 through 18, let's go ahead and read that now so our listeners know what we're talking about. In that passage, it tells us, that he causes all, the great and the small, the rich and the poor, the free man and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And the he there that is mentioned is a person called the second beast in Revelation 13, who's also called the false prophet in Revelation 16 and 19. He's going to be a religious leader that's going to cause the world to worship the world leader, the Antichrist at that time. And in so doing, then, he's going to cause everyone to be given a mark. In Revelation thirteen seventeen, it says, And he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, keep in mind that it was impossible until 50 years ago for anyone to develop some kind of a mark that could identify people. In 1974, the world developed the universal barcode. Everything that was developed had a barcode, and you could just scan that barcode over these new computers that we had, and that would tell you what it was and what the price was. 
So this prophecy that we're reading in Revelation 13 was never possible until the last 50 years when we had computers and then we had the barcodes. And then even just in the last 20 years, many different items have been developed that would fit this description right here in Revelation 13. You have what used to be called a Vera chip, which is a little rice-sized item that could be inserted into your forehead or your wrist. And it gives all your identification information and attracts you. Well, now you have biochips, you have stamps, you have tattoos, you have all kinds of things which could match up to Revelation 13. And we truly see how we could be so controlled by some kind of an electronic system that we couldn't buy or sell without it. Let me go back and finish Revelation 13, verse 18. It says, Here is wisdom, that him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. That's where we get that infamous number, 666. You'll notice that not only can people not buy or sell unless they have the mark of the beast, but that mark of the beast, we're told in previous verses, to take it is a worshiping the Antichrist, worshiping the world leader. So just because you and I have an ID card, if it doesn't worship somebody, it's just an ID card. It only will match this criteria when it revolves around worshiping someone in particular. Idol worship, you might say. And when someone has complete control over your identity, can track you, can control what you buy or sell, can program your money so that they can even turn it off if you're not doing what you are supposed to do, according to them, that person has enough control that if they want you to worship them, you may very well do that. Well, with the digital ID and the digital currency that they're talking about in this country and worldwide, nobody's going to be able to buy or sell without showing your digital papers. So we are not right now today in the time of matching Revelation 13, but we are in the era where this could be forced upon us at any time. Trust me when I say it's going to start out small, just like it did 50 years ago with the universal barcode. But once we accept the digital ID and digital currency, and the government has control over all of that, once that happens, then it's just a matter of time when some evil person will come on the scene and force us to do their bidding and to worship them or we won't have any food, we won't be able to do anything, work, buy, sell, get medical attention, anything else. We're getting so close. Because even here in the United States, two United States senators on March 21st introduced a bill called the Improving Digital Identity Act of 2023. And both of the senators, one was an independent from Arizona, Kristen Sinema, and another one was a Republican from Wyoming is going to have bipartisan support. As you read what they say, you think, how could anyone go against this digital ID? So let me tell you what the bill says. They say it's necessary because 293 million people were impacted by data breaches in 2021, causing identity theft and identity fraud. We understand that. Most of us have had that happen to us in one way or another. The bill's text states, Quote, the lack of an easy, affordable, reliable, and secure way for organizations, businesses, and government agencies to identify whether an individual is who they claim to be online creates an attack vector 
that is widely exploited by adversaries in cyberspace. So the main reason for this is online. Now, in my wildest imagination, I cannot come up with anything that they could use that would protect us online. I have a fingerprint that I use to get into my computer. Some of us have spatial identification for our telephones. But how do we use that online? And once we get online, why couldn't somebody hack into us and steal it? So I don't know what they're going to come up with to do this. And, I, and they clearly don't either because they are referencing a bipartisan commission on enhancing national cybersecurity to work with our federal government in creating an interagency task force to try and figure all of this out. So we're going to have the public sector and the government sector working together. However, you have to understand that this action is going to enable our government agencies to drive significant risk out of new account openings and other high-risk, high-value online services. And it's going to help all citizens more easily, securely engage in transactions online, they say, but catch that high-risk, high-value online government, all these key words that they're using to tell us that the government's ultimately going to control this. It's going to deal with everything. High-risk means everything online or everything that they deal online. So our digital ID is going to be government-controlled. How is that going to look? We shouldn't make the mistake of thinking that our government has our best interests at heart. I think a lot of people made that mistake during the pandemic and found out that that wasn't exactly true. And so when the government is going to have control over your identity, everything that's attached to that, that's very dangerous. And when we talk about identity theft, I started thinking, well, the government can be the one who does the identity theft of all of us. Yes, Senator Sinema, who introduced this, she said this bill is designed for our privacy, so we'll have more privacy. And then she said it's also to protect us. Well, as you said, that sounds really good until it's not, (laughs) until it doesn't work that way, until we've given our control of who we are. Because digital ID isn't just, you know, my face or my fingerprint. It's everything about me. Even the co-sponsor, Senator Loomis, said, I'm proud to introduce this Improving Digital Identity Act to work together towards digital identity standards that protect our privacy and give Americans more control over their identity. It just sounds so good. And then I think, well, so did the apple to Eve. We have to be careful because there's a political agenda behind all this. This isn't just two senators introducing a bill in the United States Senate. This is global. What this really would do is open the door to political control over our digital identities. If anyone and everyone really is required to have a digital ID, it becomes easy to restrict everyday human movement and activity based on a social score, like in China. China has social scores. As a matter of fact, Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, said in his book that a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identities is necessary, and he even stated that China is the model that other nations should use regarding the development of their social credit scores. Well, now, we were in China in 2005, and what I noticed there was very enlightening because all of the people at the hotels and at the gift shops had name tags just like you and I do, but they didn't have names. They had numbers. What they have done is they've taken everyone's identity away from them. 
They are simply a number to the government. And how they are treated, according to an article by Kathy Canales and Aaron Mock in November 2022 in the Business Insider, they're banned if they have bad offenses, but they're treated well if they have good offenses in China. For example, if they spend too long playing video games, or they've had bad driving, or they smoke in a no-smoking zone, or they're wasting money on frivolous purposes, or they're posting on social media, then they banned from things. They could maybe not be able to purchase airline flights or have business class train tickets if they wanted them. Their internet speeds are thwarted or disrupted completely. They're kept out of the best hotels. 17 people who refused to carry out military service in 2017 in China were banned from enrolling in higher education. There's consequences when you don't do what the government tells you to do when you have this digital ID that is based on your, what they call, a good behavior or social credit scores. When they do this, you're traceable, you're trackable. They know where you are at all times. And so when you talked about traveling, they can make sure that you can only travel a certain distance from your home, or maybe not at all. So it's total control of your person, where you can be, what you can do. It's interesting that we do have China as an example. It's interesting that they're pointing out China as an example because we can see the utter control that they have had over their people. And again, through the pandemic, we've seen what they've done. There are terrible videos of what they've done to their people during that time. Is that what we want? They're showing us that this is what we could have ahead of us? I don't think we want that. That should throw up red flags right there that China is supposed to be our model. China is controlling people's bank accounts based on their digital ID or their social credit scores. They can't get a driver's license or receive health care or obtain a passport or any of the other high-end privileges if they don't do what the government says to do, if they don't conform. Look at us and what we've gone through with COVID. If people tried to speak out against COVID or the vaccines or the type of treatment people were getting with COVID, they were blackballed if they didn't match up with the government scenario. That's the same thing that's going to happen with digital IDs. People are going to be blackballed. They're going to have their opportunities taken away from them. It's already happened. We've already seen it. Speaking of that, our health information has been flagged as to whether or not we had the vaccine or not had the vaccine. Why is the government doing that? The only reason is to control us under certain circumstances or health reasons, whatever they might be in the future. My doctor once told me if I didn't get the flu shot every year, I might be banned from having health insurance or health care. So there's real concerns here. Uh, the outcome of this particular bill is that the president would have to sign it. He'd appoint a new task force creating this digital ID. Just what we need is another government oversight control company that will make decisions for us and tell us what we have to do. Interesting that the president is the one that appoints this commission. So it's political right there. You have one president, you might expect one thing. You have a different president, you might expect something else. And the people that they pick, there are already oversight committees for such things as cybersecurity, and they are rife with special interests and conflict of interests. So that doesn't guarantee fairness at all. And based on what we just talked about, let me read to you exactly what the task force will do. 
It will establish and coordinate a government-wide effort to develop secure methods to improve access and enhance security between physical and digital identity credentials. Physical and digital, did you catch that? Particularly by promoting the development of digital versions of existing physical identity credentials, such as a driver's license, an e-passport, social security credentials, birth certificates. Oh, great. So we're going to put all of those documents in the hands of the government so they can take them away from us. They can stop us from using them. We've had enough problems with our government that we don't want to put those kinds of things in their hands. If we trusted our government, it'd be hard to put these things in our hands. But based on what we've seen in the last several decades, it's hard to trust them. Even an article from New York University, the School of Law, which is a very liberal school, they said in an article in June of 2022 called the Center for Human Rights and Global Justice, which is a hub for the human rights study, they said in a 100-page report, We need to be careful. This is paving a digital road to hell, is what the document said. The press release for that report noted that the governments around the world have been investing heavily in digital identification system, often with biometric components, which, of course, is digital ID. The rapid proliferation of such systems is driven by a new development consensus, packaged and promoted by key global actors like the World Bank, and governments, and foundations, and Bill and Melinda Gates, and the founder of eBay, Pierre Amadeir, and his wife, Pam. We have MasterCard supporting this, all kinds of international organizations that are supporting the development of digital ID. Is that to help their governments, to help their systems? Imagine, if we have a digital ID, then my government may have access to that, but so might governments from all around the world. That's a concern. The report again at New York University said how the promoters of the new digital economic identity model often evade difficult questions about the legal status and rights of those being registered. Despite promises of inclusion and flourishing digital economics, Digital ID systems have consistently failed to deliver on those promises in real-world situations, especially for the most marginalized. Again, this is a report from a liberal university that is recognizing all the problems that we can see with digital identities. And what's scary to me and reminds me so much of Revelation 13 is that reference to biometric technologies. I remember Yuval Noah Harari, who was of the World Economic Forum, right-hand man to uh, Klaus Schwab, talking about the merging of digital and biological. So you think about AI and the opportunities that there might be for that merging technology, that sounds like the mark of the beast. It does. And it's not just digital ID, it's digital money. Joe Biden on March 9, 2022, issued an executive order demanding federal agencies present him with a plan within 180 days to create a new federal-controlled digital dollar. Now, they haven't completely presented a plan like that, but there are 114 countries representing 95% of the GDP worldwide who are investigating the creation of what they call CBDCs, that's central bank digital currencies. Many of them have already started or they're planning their pilot programs. China's digital yuan is in the lead of this digital financial market. 
It's being forced on it, and it's worldwide. If we are controlled with our digital ID, how are we going to be controlled with our digital money? What if we have one of those poor social credit scores like they talk about in China? Are they going to stop us from getting a loan or from being able to get a mortgage or even being able to access our funds? You know, cash is king. I was taught 35 years ago to pay cash for everything because then I will not overspend. And my husband and I did that and still do it today because if I'm paying cash, I'm going to spend less money than if I'm using a card. And yet they're going to have us use some kind of a card or their identity digitally regarding money that will take away our freedom in purchasing. Digital cash also can be shut off. So if you have an account and they decide you're not worthy of whatever you're spending your money on, they can cut it off. Or I've heard people say, your money could expire. You have it for this amount of time, and if you don't use it by the end of the month, and if you don't use it the way they would like you to use it, then it just expires and you don't have it anymore. Forbes magazine reported in May of last year that Congress has already introduced 50 digital asset bills impacting regulation, blockchain, and the CBDC policy. So our government is always trying to make laws regarding this digital currency. Again, if we trust our government, we wouldn't have a problem with this. But we've seen too many failures of the government, of the deep state system, of what politics can do. If politics can be used to try and change our social behavior, what's it going to do in our financial behavior? And how are they going to control? If I make a certain amount of money, am I only allowed to buy a certain kind of car or buy a certain kind of house or buy certain kinds of clothes? That's not a free society. That's not what we do here in the United States. And yet that's what digital currency is going to have. They say it will help because it'll help improve fraud detection, and allow money paid to scammers to be more easily traced and recovered. Yes, I've known people who've been scammed, and that would be really nice. All of these sound good, but it's what they're not saying that's always the problem. And I tend to look at the positive of things. So I'd like to say, well, you know, digital ID and digital money would be really easy. That's fine right now. But what happens when you get the wrong person in government making the wrong decisions or decisions that are beneficial to themselves or their party rather than to the individual? Then we're going to have problems. As we look at uh, cryptocurrency and how popular it has become, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, and I don't pretend to know really anything much about them, except that one of the reasons that they developed were because it would hold its value It was convenient as far as computerized things. It was independent. There was anonymity. It would hold its value against inflation, all of that, because it was backed with something as opposed to the central bank currency. Right now, the central bank currency, the fiat currency, is something that those people don't trust anymore. They think that because of inflation and possibly the bottom falling out because it's not backed by gold, it's not backed by any precious metal, it could just fail. And so... Those people that are attracted to cryptocurrency, that's what they think. So then the central bank comes out and says, we want to have our currency, and it'll be government-controlled as if this were a similar thing. But what it is is it's actually the opposite. There will not be anonymity. It will be totally trackable. Cash right now, you pay cash for something. It's anonymous. Nobody has to know what you bought or sold. But with this, the government would know exactly what you were doing. It's programmable. It's traceable, it's trackable, 
totally controlled by the government, they would have total control over your life. And I've heard people say, this is going to come about in 2023 or possibly 2024. That's so close. We talk about things happening gradually and then suddenly, and that might be the way this happens. We've seen examples of what will happen if we have digital identities and digital currencies. One was in Canada. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his finance minister announced last year that they were going to use the Emergency Act declaration to target the financial support systems, banks, and accounts of the people who were protesting against COVID mandates. Well, they ended up withdrawing that, most people say, because they were doing what ultimately governments around the world will do when all of this is put into place, but he was doing it too soon, and there was huge backlash. If the CBA digital identity were in place, the same people targeted by Trudeau's use of the Emergency Act would have their entire identity blocked by the same government measures. We also saw, as I mentioned before, that many nations introduced a form of digital ID for the vaccine. The vaccine passport was originally the globalist plan for an international digital ID, but people didn't accept it. As a matter of fact, French President Emmanuel Macron tried to reintroduce that nation's digital COVID pass, but was met with such resounding defeat in Parliament that he had to back off and he hasn't brought it back since then. If the United States develops a digital ID, all other nations are going to follow because, as I said, 114 are already looking at it right now. Globalists have already invested billions of dollars to bring this about, and its purpose is to digitalize every human being with a QR code. That's interesting. That's the idea of having a number in China, but a QR code and be tied to the data point with their bank accounts and the coming digital monetary system. And then everything we have will be controlled. As Klaus Schwab once said, we will own nothing, we'll have no privacy, and we're going to like it. The digital IDs in tandem with the coming digital money will be weaponized into a global enforcement system, the likes of which the world has never seen. And that's going to lead us eventually to the mark of the beast because we will have to have digital identities, which will identify us, and we're going to have to use our digital money, which will then cause us to be able to buy or sell based on our digital IDs. We're falling right into the direction that God said we would. And again, I want to remind our listeners that starting the digital ID or the digital currency is not the mark of the beast. That will not happen until a world leader comes on the scene, forces it upon us so that we cannot buy or sell, We may have restrictions with these new things, but it won't force us right away not to be able to buy or sell. But when a mark requires us to worship someone else, that is the mark of the beast. And I will tell you that in Revelation 14, we're told that if you receive the mark of the beast, you will spend eternity in hell. Because by receiving the mark of the beast, you are worshiping the Antichrist. And God says the result of that is eternal damnation because you've turned away from God to follow a different God. We need to be aware of what's happening in our culture, in our country, in our world right now, but also be aware of what the Bible says is going to happen in the future so that we don't get lulled into that or manipulated into that. Who doesn't want to be able to buy food for their kids and their family? 
And yet, if it means worshiping another God, we have to be able to say no. The only way we can do that is by having a firm foundation in the Word of God to know what truth is, to know where our hope is, and to determine that we will follow Jesus no matter what the cost, because our eternity with Jesus is more important than a few years on this earth to be able to have food. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.